Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast. Brad Replinger, Dave Melton, Brandon Kane here to uh, give you a little uh, audio entertainment here on this uh, Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for when you're listening to this, uh, on this game day, uh, this Blackhawks game day, uh, where the uh, the Hawks are in Edmonton to take on the, uh, Ed- uh, the Edmonton Connor McDavid's. I almost said the fighting Connor McDavid's, but he doesn't really fight. That actually, now that I think about it, needs to be in the All Star Game. Like the skills competition, do like a like a bracketed wrestling competition, fight in the center of the ice. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Goudreau versus Alex Debrinket. Who says no? Let's go. I mean, come on. Yeah, in each of the like, the, that can be like the the squeaky tier, and then you've got like Zdeno Chara and Shea Weber. Yeah, yeah. There you tier. go. There you go. And then just like go. eventually, all four brackets meet in the middle or something like that. I don't know. Gary Bettman, figure it out. Anyways, um, we're going to talk a little, uh, we're going to talk a little trade deadline here. Obviously the, the biggest reported news or at least the biggest thing to come out of the team here in the last couple of days are uh, some conversations swirling around Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. So, uh, Hey Brandon, why don't you uh, shed a little light on what's going on with these two defensemen and uh, what happened? Okay, well, <clears throat> I believe it was Friday that there was a report um, from the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun saying that the Blackhawks will be asking Duncan Keith to waive his no-movement clause and seeing, hey, do you want to stick around for this rebuild or are you uh, you know, good to go elsewhere? Um, he should then, do the second one. <clears throat> uh, Saturday, they asked him about that, and he said... He had no, never heard of anything about it. And then later that night, there was a report about Seabrook and the same thing. And then this morning, he denied it. And then Friedman, when asked, said, no, they've done it at some point this season. So that's about where we are on it. Just a bunch of reports and then the players obviously saying that it hasn't happened because 
that's what you do for PR control. <laughs> what, um, I don't know. What's your take on it? Like, do you think it's, I cause you get like the hockey player-ness happening in any sort of press release. That's obviously a, a thing, you know, guys not willing to take any individual credit. It's always we, 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 um, no relation to the three little pigs. Um, you know, it, or you know, stuff like that. It's like, there's no, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> that was so bad. Boo. Um, thank you. They're um, not saying boo urns. Yeah. They're you know, boo urns. Um, no, like, I don't, it, I don't know, man. Like if they, if they approached a demon or any player for that matter, and for some trade stuff or whatever, just like, Hey, what's your take on, leaving or staying. I don't know. I think there's more credibility in basically saying, you know what? Yes. I, yes, I think it's a better idea if we, you know, if I move to a different team or I want to find somewhere else or whatever it is, or, you know, or I'm exploring my options, you know, make the politically correct statement or, you know, the less volatile statement that way, or go the other way and be like, you know what? No, I'm happy to be a member of this team. And, you know, I think we, I like the direction that we're going and yada, yada. And then like give the fans a little bit of a sales pitch as to why you think it's a good idea to stay. Am I wrong for wanting or desiring more of that? Well, I, I was trying to wrap my head around whether or not like both things could be true because we have no reason to not believe Elliot Friedman because he's been right. He's like his credibility is as high as anybody in the hockey media world. But like, I also don't really have much reason to not believe Brent Seabrook that he's never been asked about it. So like, maybe, I don't know, maybe Seabrook told his agent in the summer, like, no, I'm not doing this. And so the Blackhawks called his agent and asked his agent about the trade. And his agent just said, no, and so Seabrook was never directly asked about it because the team just talked to his agent and maybe Friedman just found out that they called Seabrook's agent. So maybe both people are right. I, I don't know. This is, this is, it's, it's been very confusing more than anything else. Cause I, I don't, it, it's, it goes back to just like this entire, are they rebuilding or retooling or whatever the hell they want to call it? Like, I, I don't know what's going on with this team. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. And it's just, ah. And they've won four in a row, so I don't know what's going on there either. <laughs> but yeah, how very second city hockey of us to not like immediately start this podcast off with we're only four points out of a wild card spot. What the hell is no, going I'm wrong? Not, I'm not, I'm not going to – they win like I've, – I've told myself, if they win like eight in a row or like nine out of ten, then, then we can talk about playoffs. But not, not, let's not get there yet. Not, not, not going down that road yet because it's still just too unbelievable. Playoffs? But <laughs> – Playoffs? Playoffs? Well, they've won a game. Four of them in a row, somehow, somewhere. They've won a game. Not just a game, four games. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been trying to figure out, like, which, you know, who, with who do you believe? Do you believe Friedman or do you believe Seabrook? And, I mean, I, I'd be more likely to believe that Seabrook is just lying to the press just to save face than Friedman would be, you know, making up a report because – that's like that's how you lose your job if you're in the media world is by making up reports mm-hmm. and such. And his sources have usually been pretty good. Um, I could see Seabrook just saying, you know, saying one thing and doing another behind the back just to keep a good PR for the for himself and for the franchise. So I don't that's, know. It's a very baseball thing to do, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's nothing in the pot to be stirred. Shout out to MLB's free agent signing period at the moment, which as everybody's like. 
it's the office gif of everybody standing around with finger pistols, like aiming at each other, but nobody's doing anything. It's, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm with you, man. I don't see the need for Friedman to like drum up any story or cause commotion, especially for the Blackhawks. Like again, they're, I know again, like we've mentioned, they're only four points out of the playoff spot, but why, why stir up any controversy or at least conversation around this? Even if there's like, you know, even if there's speculation of the Hawks are going to talk to these players, not that they have or they haven't, but that they're going to, you know, or something like that. It just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try to fabricate something. Am I wrong? No, no, I don't. But I, and I feel like from a Blackhawks front office perspective, like, they're probably not doing their due diligence if they're not asking Seabrook and Keith those questions because they're on the wrong side of 30. They've been playing forever and they have some of the biggest cap hits on the team. So like, I don't think it's just because Stan Bowman asked either asked the agents or asked the players directly about waiving those no movement clauses. I don't think it necessarily means they're going to trade them. I just think it's part of his job to say, to explore every opportunity or every option that he has. So he knows what, Mm -hmm. what he can and cannot do. And, you know, going back to some of the other podcasts we've had, where we talk about all these defensemen coming up through the system with Boquist and Bowden and Mitchell and everybody else, there's only six spots on that roster Mm -hmm. (laughs) on on defensemen. And Yoko Haru is going to have one. And, you know, you got Murphy's under contract for a long time. They seem like they don't want to get rid of Gustafson. So, somebody's got to move eventually. So, mm. you know, maybe it's Keith, maybe it's Seabrook, maybe it's both, maybe it's neither. I have no idea what's going on. Brandon, do you have a take? Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense that they would ask. Um, and it also makes sense that they would deny it. The players would. So, um, and it's like, we have no idea how that conversation is played out either. So it's not like they presented it like a trade and he was like either one of them were like no Mm -hmm. it could have just been a flat hey this is what our plans are would you be open to it this is something that like in 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 10 years from now when they do the 30 for 30 about the blackhawks dynasty i would love someone to find out what exactly happened during this whole thing because i feel like that's the only way we're going to find out it'll be like years down the road when we're looking back and everyone's moved on to different teams or organizations or whatever Kind of like how like the the key mm -hmm. thing it was like there was a day to process it, but with Seabrook he like came off the ice and like obviously like he wasn't available to media that night. But um, like I just can't imagine being that like being him in that moment, and like you pick up your phone and you like are talking to people and you're like, well, uh, oh okay, this got out. Um, or like this isn't true and this is going on, you know, whatever his mindset is on that, that must have been not a pleasant thing to walk into. <laughs> I mean, you want a game, but it's like, oh, well, I got to deal with all this shit. It's, it's bigger picture stuff. And oh, yeah. I know that especially from a, well, in any, any job for that matter. I mean, you know, you always try to kind of focus short term on what you're doing and, and making sure that you're, you know, being successful and especially on a sports team as well. You get a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of players that don't really think long term. Um, you know, I guess the only, or at least long, they don't think long term during the season. In the off season, that's a bit of a different story, but. Well, and they've never had to deal with this before. Neither one of them. I mean, 
they've been they've been lifers with the Hawks since like uh, mm-hmm. I forget like I think Keith was two thousand two pick Seabrook two thousand three maybe flipped that but um or uh, that's right yeah Seabrook yeah Seabrook in 03 and Keith in oh two yeah okay but since they got called up in like two thousand five together like this is the team that they've known and they've never there's until like the last maybe last season two with Seabrook neither of these guys ever came up in trade talks. <clears throat> Why would you ever want to trade those guys? They were two of the best. They were one of the best combinations in the league. So it's mm-hmm. it's just all foreign territory to them, which mm-hmm. I'm sure also complicates matters. And it's also foreign territory to fans because this has never been a thing of selling off parts. It's always been bringing yeah. in parts. And, you know, even more on that, this digital age is different than what it would have been when they were selling off parts when they were bad. They, they were so bad they didn't even have parts to sell off. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, that's another factor to to play in. And granted, this is, you know, something that's not a complete foreign concept with other sports teams in the city, but um, it's just that. Shout out to Garpax. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just talk about one dumpster fire right now. <laughs> um, I wouldn't yeah. call this a dumpster fire. Okay, it's, it's 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 a dumpster. It's a dumpster, but it's not on fire. I mean, again, I you you're stringing together. The coals are there. I, oh, don't get me wrong. There's there's kindling in the bottom of this dumpster, and you know one unfortunate timing of a lit cigarette being placed in it, it's going to send it all up in flames. But I, that, there's we could. That's a different podcast. But no, I I wouldn't call this a dumpster fire. Yeah. but I this think, is like a, a yeah where you have like parts that can be sold off and they're parts that haven't either like played to their potential or they're parts that have and they're on the downside. So it's well, not, a real, just, like, not just parts, but this is the core, you know, like this is the, this is the core group that from a fan base that you you're familiar with and that you recognize. I think you've, you've got a great point there, Brandon, with that again, like as fans and like what, do we do like what are we supposed to see and feel at this point in the game you know and that's that's a that's a conversation that unfortunately i think is gonna have to happen involving Corey crawford in the near future as well you know now mind you i don't think it's trading i think there's a more of a retirement factor there but we can get to that when there's more uh reports on him although he was taking practice today uh, at the mbi serena before um or he was working out before practice so but anyways you know i so knowing that those two pieces are potential pieces that the Hawks were maybe looking to try to move, you look at the rest of this roster at the moment. Um, Connor Murphy, Eric Gustafson, Gustav Forsling, Slater, Coco, Cuckoo? <laughs> KK? Cuckoo. Cuckoo, thank you. Um, and uh, and Carl. Um, between these, these five, because obviously the – the Yokoharu to AHL move is is protecting Henry, having him develop while trying to get some guys some playing time so you can move them. I think we all agree that that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah because I, Gustav Forsling's minutes have increased since they made that move. Mm-hmm. He went from averaging like 12 minutes to like 16. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it's Dave. I think it same. We're all in yeah, game. yeah. I, 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 I'm. I, I'm still not thrilled with the idea of like I, you know, I feel like there's somebody else's NHL playing time that could be sacrificed out there than Yokoharu's. Like I don't know, maybe Brent Seabrook, but 
you know, I get, I, as long as they don't leave Yokoharu down in the AHL for the rest of the season, because he clearly proved that he didn't need to be there. That's why he broke training camp with the team. So mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, so with that being the case, and again, we, we've touched on it a little bit here during this show. And I know on the website too, there's a really good piece, uh, secondcityhockey.com to uh, you know, that, that the Blackhawks really need to be wowed if they're going to move Gustafson. So it, it's safe to say that they're going to keep him around at least for next season. Um, but then you've got names like Connor Murphy, who's got, who's under contract through 2022. Man, if they trade Connor Murphy <sighs> right now, I can't imagine how like, – I couldn't imagine this defense getting worse, but if they trade Connor Murphy, it will get worse because that's their best defenseman right now. By far, like um, I, it'll oh I like if you you want to tank trade Connor Murphy you'll tank pretty easily you know and I well, unless Kane scores five goals a game which we can't rule out with the way he's playing but. I was gonna say that's a that's that's for the offensive podcast um no I you know I don't think he's a trade piece I really I hope he's not a trade piece I, part of me wants this to like part of me wants this to be the 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 little run that nobody really expected and like for the Hawks to squeak into that second wild card spot as a fan that's what I want like I know, I, I know there's longer term benefits and all that other stuff and there's you know pieces to be made and draft picks to be picked up and and all that but I I wouldn't want them to move Connor Murphy but and you can still get it just because like even if this team makes a run towards the playoffs and falls short you can still get benefit out of that like like I I think that's the part that people ignore completely that it seems like it's like if you miss the playoffs, it's a failure, but like you can still get, um, you know, like it's player development. Like if Yokoharu gets involved in the, in a good playoff race, get, get valuable NHL experience. Maybe Brandon Saad figures something out and becomes the, the next level of Brandon Saad that we all hoped he was going to be when he got traded back to Chicago. Maybe Drake Kajula steps up and becomes a, a, a someone that you can't leave out of the lineup for the rest of the season and next season. Like there's things that mm-hmm. can happen in the, over the course of the next two months of the season that can happen on the ice that can be just as much, it can make just as much of an impact as having a better draft position. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not, you, it's not a total loss if you run to the playoffs and don't make it. I think that's people have got that in their heads mm-hmm. that if you were like, you're like the first team out of the playoffs, that's a mediocre season and you're stuck there forever. That's true in some cases, but I don't think that's the case here. Would you take that this year as a yeah. fan? I well, like it depends on how it happens. I I would take it. It, it would if the Hawks have interesting hockey through April. I'd be pretty happy, considering the way last season went. But like if if the if a potential playoff run coincides with like Alex DeBrinket becoming even more of a monster than he already is, or Sod going crazy, or some other unknown player mm-hmm. like emerging just or figuring something out at the NHL level that makes them another piece of the future puzzle for this team. That's a huge plus too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that might be a bigger plus than picking in spot nine to five. Like there, that might be a gap there. Cause I think you can already rule out Jack Hughes for the Hawks. I And the other guy, Capo, Capo, whatever his name is. I can't say his name without saying Caco. something. Wild. Capo Caco. There we go. Anyway. Uh, but like the Hawks probably aren't going to get there unless Patrick Kane gets hurt because Patrick Kane's playing too well. God, so, wood quick, everybody. Hey, hey, I, I'll tell you. I'll, hey, hey, if if you want this, you really want this team to take. You're probably your best bet is to hope for Patrick Kane to get hurt 
and probably out for the rest of the season. Not, not like a career-ending thing, but something that will not come out for two months because he's single-handedly keeping this team out of the basement. Mm-hmm. And, well, so, and between him, Taze, and Debrinkin, that's that's it. Like exactly, they, yeah. those three need to, you know, like I, those three need to go vacation to the La Brea tar pits and get stuck there for the rest of the season. Like yeah. so, so, so if those three play well, and then you get like two or three other pieces that play well, and this team gets near a playoff spot or by some miracle gets into a playoff spot that it can still be a net positive for the team. Even if they end up picking like nine, 10, 11 in the draft next summer, and you can still get somebody good in that spot. So, so of the, so Brandon of the five that we list, well, I'll go four because you, you take Gustafson away. So again, Murphy, Forrest, Ling, Cuckoo and Carl. What do you think is the most feasible of the four in terms of a trade piece or which of the four would you try to move? What were the four again? Uh, the four defensemen, uh, Murphy, oh. Forsling, Cuckoo, and Carl. But I asked Brandon first because he's, he's been very polite. He's been very quiet <laughs> over there. He's probably got a, he's got a good take stewing and I want to hear what, what happens here. The best return would be for Murphy. Um, I think the best like return and looking down the line would be to trade Gustafson because you can trade Gustafson and then bring up Darren Radish and he can fill that role. Not as well, obviously, but he could do that for the rest of the season. Um, and he's kind of like a, a tweener guy right now anyway, um, to where that the guys that are in Chicago are preventing him from being in the NHL. Um, and he could easily slot in next season. Um, if they were to go that route for some reason. Um, but I mean, I feel like you're only going to get rid of Forslane if you package him with Brandon Saad. Or some other key offensive player like a Marcus Kruger or even an Anisimov if he wants. Yeah, well, it would be Saad or an Anisimov. You're only going to get like you return for round pick for Kruger. Yeah, you return for like Marcus straight. Kruger's another Marcus Kruger, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I it's tough because again, as the as the fanalist, it, part of the mentality is at least to try to think semi long term. But again, we're we're potentially at the doorstep of another at least legitimate chance at a playoff run. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but at least there's a chance. So speaking just defensively, you know, assuming that you move Yokoharu up uh, in the second part of the season, you've got Connor Murphy. I'm going to go with you either. Well, you see, you could keep Gustafson. I, you probably don't trade Cuckoo. I think he stays. Um, it's, it's a question, and I guess this is a perfect. Um, this is not a bad little segue but for the uh, for the second city hockey mailbag. Actually, somebody did ask: Is um, shout out to Blackhawk at Blackhawks D Zone? Is Carl Dahlstrom in the plans long term or not? And I ultimately, I think that's the question that you have to ask, don't you? Because there's a lot of upside to try to trade a young prospect like that this season to, I don't know, maybe a team that's looking for a little more speed. He's not a total scoring machine, but, you know, Dostrom's, Dostrom's shown at least some, you know, 
some relevance when it comes to having a decent amount of playing time and, you know, and setting up teams. He isn't complete or setting up teammates. He hasn't been a complete bust. God, Forestling's been so frustrating, but, um, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know. I guess the question is, is Dahlstrom part of the future? If he is, you don't move him. If he's not, I think you try to use him to leverage at least some extra draft picks or potentially another young up and coming defenseman from somewhere. I just don't know where you would get that thoughts, Dave Milton. Yeah. I, I think the, the issue is your, the Hawks are, you say the Hawks, you know, trying to get another defenseman, but so is everybody else in the NHL. And then the, the, the pickings are so slim, like looking at the free agent list for next year. I don't, that's that's the that's the hardest part about the buying the Hawks are in right now is they need like a proven NHL defenseman, and I don't know where they're going to get one from because they're, I mean, where where do you find one? Like, because free agency probably is going to happen, um, there because because good young defensemen don't really come available in free agency unless you're going to throw all of your money at Eric Carlson, which hey, I mean, I've had that dream too, but. <laughs> Let's, you know, let's we're going to need more money. Yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, well, I mean, if you trade like trade like three players' contracts away, like Anisimov, Saad, and Seabrook, then then maybe we'll talk about it. Um, just in terms of cap space, but I mean, there, there's just there's that's a no- PR move more than anything. Yeah, well, but well, if I could, it'd be, it'd be a pretty good hockey move too. I, I'd, I'd happily watch Eric Carlson 82 times a year, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know that that's that's the struggle with the whole thing is where do you find the the defenseman that the Blackhawks are looking for? And I, I keep I, I've in the last couple of days I've come back to the same scenario with all these reports about the Hawks going after Panarin, and th- this might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves looking towards the summer. If they sign our time to be Panarin in the summer, I think I I've, I've talked myself into being more okay with that if then they turn around and flip Brandon Saad for a defenseman because I I don't know for like a proven top four defenseman, like Justin Folk, like they were trying to get last summer, mm-hmm. but, they, but they wouldn't make that trade. But I, I, I don't think like you, you talk about trying to get a defenseman on the team. I don't think they're going to be able to do it without a trade. And, you know, I mean, and, and you're going to have to trade something pretty good to get a piece like that back. Um, And, and so like, this isn't like the, like the trade pieces that you're like selling off parts. I don't think like an Anisimov or a Kruger or, or Hayden or any of the guys like that are going to yield the no. return that the Blackhawks want. Brandon Saad might, even though he's, I, I still think he's slightly, he still hasn't quite lived up to what everybody hoped he was going to be this time around, but he's still, like, he's still got a pretty good piece. He's got, mm-hmm. he's relatively young. He's got a pretty friendly cap hit. So may, maybe, maybe Brandon Saad getting traded in the summer is how you get that defenseman that they're looking for. Yeah, there's six a, goals in his last six games. There's so he's hot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of upside again. Do, do, it, do it, do it now. <laughs> I'm kidding. All I'm kidding. I, 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 I'm a huge Brandon Saad fan. I'm really upset when they if Me they too. do. But Make the I call. just <laughs> shut up, Brandon. So jumping off, I know we just talked about it. The um. The the SCH mailbag. We're gonna do the uh, the hashtag Ask uh, SCH mailbag segment now on the podcast. This might make its way over uh, to the website as well as a column. So if you want to be a part of the mailbag, all you have to do 
and this doesn't have, you know, you don't even have to reply to a tweet. You can just hashtag ask SCH whenever you damn well please. And, uh, and we'll see it and we'll take a look and we'll answer your questions either about hockey, about, uh, about sportsy sports, about Chicago, about life, about, uh, the quality of Portillo's Italian beef, whatever your, whatever fits your fancy, we will answer it here, uh, on the, on the show or in a column. So send them that way. Um, you can also email us at second city hockey at gmail.com. Let me try that again. It's second city hockey at gmail.com, uh, or hit us up on the Facebook as well. So we're going to dive into the mailbag here a little bit. Again, shout out to a uh, Blackhawks D zone for the is Dahlstrom in the plans long-term short answer. I think so, Dave. Yes. Ramen. 69% sure. Uh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Way to stand, Brand. Okay, this one's from uh, Daniel at Hockey Sticks eighty eight. What does the Hawks lineup look like if a major free agent is signed? Aside from Panarin, who else would the Hawks consider? Great question, Dan um, or Daniel, whatever you please. Um, what does the Hawks lineup look like if a free, major free agent is signed? We're going to assume it's an offensive free agent, right? Like if yeah. they if they sign anybody, it's a winger. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the list of free agents right now on Cap Friendly, and I mean the the, the top ten not names you're going to see are well, let's I'm, and I'm, we're sick with the unrestricted free agents because the NHL doesn't do offer sheets because it's no fun. <laughs> um, Jason Spess is 35, so he's too old. Yeah. Mark Stone, I I can yeah. I can I can interest in Mark Stone. Jordan Eberle, probably going to make probably going to get more money than he's worth. Uh, Matt Duchesne. Man, Matt Duchesne, I, I could, I could, I'd be interested in Matt Duchesne. Uh, Joe Pavelski is a player I've always enjoyed, but he's 33, and I think it's – I also not sure if he would be leaving San Jose. Uh, then Artemi Panarin's number number eight on this list. It's or, uh, ordered by Cap Hit from last season. Mm-hmm. We already talked about Panarin. I'm sure that's a thing. Um, Jeff Skinner's an unrestricted free agent, but the way he's playing in Buffalo, I don't know how they're going to let him go. Yeah, um, that is ultimately what happens in Buffalo Yeah, for Skinner. And hey, number fifteen on this list is Dave Boland, my man. <laughs> so, because he yeah. doesn't want to be banned to the CSN Sports Desk with Adam Burrish to deal with his nonsense, so he will be a free agent. Yeah, I mean it's it's Slim Pickens. I mean, I think, I think ideally is he... available. <laughs> Probably. Oh, he's got to be right. Oh no, he's not on he's this playing list. Playing in uh, the KHL. Is he really? Yeah, I had no idea. I figured he was bouncing, or still in Calgary, or whatever. Yeah, right. Eh, well, not, we can't rule him out bringing him back for a fourth time, right? <laughs> um. So if like if the Hawks go at so after a big free agent signing, it's probably a top six forward, and I think ideally they probably want to sign somebody that could skate on a line with Taves, because I think you leave like the the theory that Quinville always had of splitting up Taves and Kane and making them harder to. Uh, making them harder, having two solid lines instead of just one dominant line is harder to defend. So I think ideally you find someone to skate with Taves because the way Kane plays, you put anybody with him and they're going to have 50 points in a season. So The only other name would be Zuccarello. Zuccarello would be one, although he's probably going to get traded before the season ends. And then, I was going to say. What about Nyquist? No, no thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I yeah I I think Zuccarello would be like the only and I'm in terms of like thinking about guys that would want to skate with the uh, Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson's too slow. 
Sorry. Huh. Ny- Ny- Nyquist seems like one of those tweeners that's going to get a stupid amount of money on oh, the yeah. free agency market. And that's and again, that's the that's one of the biggest problems with free agency. Zuccarello's 37? Mm-hmm. Or no, it's 37 games played. He's he's 30 years old. I was so going to say he's 30 flat. But yeah. that's it's fitting you put him with Taze and then to bring it. And then eventually it's it's hopefully still side um Kane and then uh I you could potentially I well I like, You know you know one name I see on this list that I could be interested in would be uh Wayne Simmons just cuz I keep his numbers aren't as impressive this season so maybe I have to ask the 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 Philly the Broad Street hockey folks what's going on with him but I don't know every I feel like every time I watch him play he does something incredibly mean and vicious and good like it just just seems like a good like the power forward that we all wish Brandon Saad could be sometimes that's as to say that's but, not but a, although, although his numbers are his numbers are down a pretty good uh, mark this year so so who knows yeah it's that yeah <laughs> not a terrible i it'll be that'll be interesting either way um the uh great great question dan uh mitchell watts with the blackhawks flirting with win slash playoffs who do you think is likely to be traded anisimov could be a perfect fit for a team that needs depth at center and obviously a lot of the questions are going to be trade uh oriented but this one's specifically talking about anisimov i i guess we're we'll we'll mold this a little bit where do you think artem anisimov would be a good fit i I worry about the tradability of Anisimov because he's not very fast, and um, and in today's NHL, that's not the type of player that people are looking for. Mm. And this is going to sound a bit like maybe like tinfoily to me, but he's a Russian player, and I feel like the majority nah. of the NHL are Canadian. And there's just this thing that it seems like all the Canadian hockey people just have a thing against Russian hockey players, so nobody's going to want him. And that might be that might be complete crap, but I swear there's something to that. There's a really good. I don't know if it was thirty for thirty or if Sportsnet did that. Uh, there's a good piece on Slovakian players with in same sort of a thing. Like there's this, this kind of a stigma against. Uh, well, there, there's a stigma against European players in general and that they're not tough enough. Yep. To play in the NHL, and which has been ridiculous for like twenty years. Because well, because the European style of hockey, you know, there's no fighting over there. They don't have teenagers fighting each other like they do in Canada. It's mm-hmm. a completely different type of game. So, and and I think in Russia is the same way. I don't believe there's fighting in the K. Well, not KHL, but like lower levels of Russian hockey. I honestly have no idea if there's fighting in the KHL or not. But I mean, if you're, uh, I swear, to, I swear. If, if, I mean, Brandon freaking Manning got traded. So and but Brandon Brandon Manning's a North American guy. I don't know if he's Canadian or American, but I, I swear Canadian. I swear that's a stumbling block for trading an Eastmoth. It sounds stu- I admit it sounds stupid and corny and conspiracy theory like, but I promise I swear that that is a thing. Oh, I think we we didn't mention Ryan Dezingle as an option. Oh oh, local guy. I was gonna say, I was gonna say. A, the Wheaton boy. What? Oh. So yeah, I but to answer the question, I I think I the perfect fit before was Pittsburgh before they made that move. Oh yeah, I was like, going to just say. slot right into a third or a fourth line there, um, just with like the style of play that they have. He he can't he can be good on a power play. Like you know, you, you throw him in front of that. Like, I think he led the Hawks in playoff goals last season mm-hmm. because he just collected rebounds and put them home. So like I don't think he's entire like he has some use still. 
even though his skill set is not exactly that much, you know, conducive to, to today's NHL, but I guess, it de- yeah, I guess it depends too. Um, Pittsburgh still might want to move like Olimata or some, you know, young defenseman that they've got for a couple of years. And if you could like straight up trade one of their top four defensemen to get Anisimov straight up one for one, that might, you probably yeah take that back. You probably have to give them something else. It it'd be it ultimately be Anisimov and somebody else for a uh, for an Olimata or Mata Mata Mata. I think I think I think you had it right. Yeah, because um, it doesn't matter. Go go take yeah. Chad Chris. Like like in terms of, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say Pittsburgh's probably the team that needs them the most. Like. Your centers are what? It's Malkin, Crosby. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then, well, they, <laughs> no, those for your, your top two, your top yeah. two lines. But then, like after that, isn't it like Jared McCann or something like that? Like it's some, it, it's it's like McCann and somebody else. Like, there's, I think I'm maybe using a Nisimov or something like that to be a little more experienced on like a fourth yeah, line. Yeah, Jared, Jared McCann is their third line center according to Daily Faceoff. So. Um, who's their fourth line center? Some guy. It says Teddy Bluger, and I don't know what that is. Gesundheit. Um, he's a rookie. He's scored twice, I think. Yeah, he got recalled on Tuesday from the AHL. Second round pick in 2012. Well, it took, it took well they also have they have uh, Aston Reese on the shelf too, so that probably shifts things once he's back in the lineup. Yeah, but yeah, and when you get Malkin back, if he goes to second line, then Nick Bugsad goes down to the third line center. Then they're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eh, that'll be that's uh, an option. I don't know. Good question though. It's weird that because like all the teams are like in the West, they're all like so bad that <sighs> there's like hardly any separation. And then in the East, there's like a clear like tier. Yep. Then there's like hey. I guess we're getting our shit together and then we have the potential to do, but we're just going to wait and not do anything. Like yeah. Florida, if, if Tampa, and then there's like the garbage. If Tampa doesn't pull it off this year, like what just, the hell? Just blow oh, it up, man. Absolutely. This has got to be their year. The, absolutely. Oh. I, would, the, I would say the West, it's like the tier. It's, it's basically, it's the Canadians and then anybody. Vegas. I was going to say, not the not the Canadian side. The two Canadian teams of Calgary and Winnipeg, and then like everybody else. Yeah, and I still think Nashville is going to find a way to be involved in that conversation before. I was going to say they'll get better. Yeah, um, they just yeah they yeah and and I'm, and the and San Jose's just got San Jose. I feel like will be there too. I feel. I mean, it seems like the, every year, man. The the, the the conference or the division finals round is going to be Winnipeg and Nashville, and then Calgary and San Jose. Like I don't think any other teams are going to compete. They're, they're, I feel like there seems like there's going to be a lot of first round sweeps in the West this year. Is there another Vegas magic moment though? That's the question because they're going to make the playoffs again, aren't they? If yeah. Mark Andre Fleur can get that horseshoe back up his ass that he had last year, hey, I, he's he's the Mark Andre Fleury is officially the reverse of Pecorine. He's the he's the complete opposite of Pecorine. He's mediocre in the regular season. And then, like, tremendous in the playoffs, whereas Pecorine is tremendous in the regular season and then mediocre at best. Yeah, I mean, Fleury's got six shutouts this year, and he leads the league, so he's, he's doing something right I, again. It's, I, it's, it's, that's it's so, a it, desert. 
that desert air. Um, but it's a dry heat. That is that is can confirm. Uh, good question, Mitch. Um, let's go to uh, my man Domenico. Uh, what are some free agents Blackhawks should target besides Panarin? He says, and this is the this is the angle we'll take here. He wants to talk goaltenders. He goes maybe Bob Roski if Crawford continues to be sidelined. I don't don't well, no. hate. Well, it's just that's going to be way too much money to spend on goalie. If, well, yeah. here like it's it's still up in the air. Like they're. It, it it all depends on Corey Crawford's health. If Crawford's okay, like I think you might run into the same situation this summer that they had last summer, where Crawford will be a question mark, and then between Forsberg and Delia, one of those two will be the backup. But you might need another goalie just in case. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, you definitely need a backup. Like we've, I know Brandon and I have gone to see Anton Forsberg in Rockford, and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. not good. But, like in his defense, the teams that they played those nights that we've seen are, are like also the top good. teams in the AHL. I was so, gonna say shout out to Texas, and wasn't it Texas, Milwaukee, and Chicago? I think are the three. Yeah. So like there was a play. Okay, like I distinctly remember one play where Yoni Tatula had his ass like straight up in Forsberg's face, and um. God, what's the Ilya Tolovin for uh, Milwaukee? Just like danced around, stopped, shot the puck. Hanu Toivinen? I don't know. Sorry, go on. (laughs) He he like he scored the goal, paused, looked at Forsberg, laughed, and skated around and celebrated. And I was like, Good God! Like that is just ruthless. And it was hilarious. Like I I was sitting next to. Greg Boyson at the time, and we just like looked at each other like, "Damn!" Like, yeah. So, so it seems like I mean, unless they're gonna crown Delia the number one guy, and, like if and like make Crawford the backup or have Forsberg be the backup, I don't think you're looking at a top tier goalie. I think you're looking at free age uh, another backup. Um, I I wouldn't all that. Now that I think about it, it wouldn't be entirely surprising if they brought Cam Ward back again. Maybe don't give them the no movement clause this time around. But I was gonna say don't. Yeah, <laughs> the no movement clause. I mean, I mean like some some of like the mid tier guys you're looking at. Like there's a uh, Brian Elliott, Michael Newberth, Anders Nilsson. Right? Hey, we could get Ryan Miller to the Hawks finally. He's 38 <laughs> years old. Uh, Chad Johnson, the hockey one, not the football one. Uh, Robin, <laughs> Robin Lanner, Peter Mrazek, Michael Hutchinson, Keith Kincaid, Al Montoya, Niemi. Anti Niemi is out there. Yeah, Peter Buda is out there. So I, I think it's going to be one of those mid-tier guys, veteran backstop guy that might be signed to free agency. Don't think he's going to be a top-tier guy like Bobrovsky or Varlamov because I think if Crawford's if Crawford's not ready to go next year, I think your number one goalie is in 2019-20 is going to be Colin Delia. Without a doubt. At least to start, at least to give him, give him the shot to take the reins. Without and then maybe Crawford becomes the backup, and then at the end of the season, end of next season, uh, his contract's up and – that's the end of number fifty in Chicago. And he retires. Please retire, Corey. Please retire. This is if you yeah. if you're listening to the show, hey, which no, no. he he might be fine. I, I I think I think people are I think they're people are slightly jumping the gun on that. Like he, if as long as he recovers fully before he comes back. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not emotionally ready to watch him try to do this all over again with a different team, potentially get hurt, or do really good, 
and then like have that good team be the reason why he's doing better and then have him forget all this wonderful time here with the Blackhawks. Like you can't do that. He's our goaltender. Um, we got to move on because I'm getting emotional here. Um, we're going to jump over to Facebook. Uh, Nick LaPiccolo. Awesome. What a name. Awesome. God, that's awesome. A good name. Last name. That's a fantastic hockey last name. LaPiccolo. Um, rumor has it. He's a, a tenor sax player. Uh, what can the Hawks look to get at the deadline? If Keith and Seabrook waive their no movement clause. That it's the it's the ultimately it's the if you can trade Keith and Seabrook, what can you get? Well, I mean Seabrook doesn't seem like much. Seabrook seems like a mid to lower round pick. I mean, if I wouldn't you, be yeah. optimistic about that. Keith You're probably might, not getting players. Keith might yield uh, a pretty good return. I I feel like Duncan Keith might get a, maybe a first round pick. I, don't, I mean, Duncan Keith's name carries a lot of water, and 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 that might be part of the mm-hmm. part That's of the why deal. he's so slow. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, no. The I, and I'll I'll throw in the added part there too. It's the what teams would be best uh, would be the best destination for both. I, I am I wrong to say that Tampa could use? I mean. Yeah. Well, I think Tampa's issue would be affording Keith because they've only got, you know, well, I, I take it back. They got five I'm million. Going, I'm going Seabrook. Could, oh, Seabrook? Because, yeah. because next I, Tampa plays too fast to want a guy like Seabrook on their team. But you have, you ultimately have the, the Stanley Cup champion experience. And I know that obviously the Lightning have been to the Cup. Shout out 2015. Um, but I'm just looking at that seventh round pick that we gave Tampa uh, next season, and I'm just like, hey, can we have that back? And we'll give you Seabrook. Like, I don't think that is out of the realm of possibilities, I, and it gives them a little more experience. I just, I, what, what's, I, I don't, what, what's the point if you're Tampa though? Like, I don't see where he fits into their lineup at all. Unless, I mean. I think it's more of a lock. It's 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 definitely more of a locker room play. Yeah. Although apparently, that's an, exp- that's an expensive locker room play, man. Although although apparently, and I'm on cap friendly here, and I've done some digging, and everything is fantastic. No, nope, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do anything with Brent Seabrook because buried in his 1.2 million dollar <laughs> contract, way down there in the minor leagues, is none other than my guy. Yeah. Your guy, Jan Ruda. Ruda. <laughs> we should go back to see what all the all your glowing talk about Jan Ruda at the start of the season. Um, I mean, I mean, one of one of the one of the main selling points you still have on Brent Seabrook is that he's got a booming shot and he could probably fare well on anybody's power play. The Tampa Bay Lightning have the number one power play in the NHL, so it's not like they're looking for help in that department. Yeah, I, it's the experience. Ultimately, his biggest upside is the locker room. Is controlling a locker room again? If obviously, if from what you're hearing about, like Patrick Kane talking about, oh, he's a great guy to have in the locker room and brings a lot to the team and blah blah blah. So if you're going to go that route, that's his biggest selling point. So you, it's got to be a contending team. I just did look too. Calgary's got a lot of youth. I know Mark Giordano is a great name to have on defense and obviously the captain of that team, but then everybody else is in their 20s on that defensive line. You could potentially... Defensive line. 
As I said, you said defensive line, and I immediately thought about football for a second. So, Akeem Nix needs to be on a defense set of flames. Yeah, I. you know what? I would have I would have considered interesting the Toronto Maple Leafs and a Brent Seabrook, or maybe could do that. before they traded for Jake Muzzin. Mm-hmm. Now they kind of – I think they're, they're probably set on there. And they have Ron Hainsey. They already have their over-the-hill defenseman that can't skate anymore. So, <laughs> I yeah, – I. Who wants to? Who wants Brent Seabrook to be the chemo teaming into their 2015 Stanley Cup? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? I, I I think Doug and Keith could get you maybe a first or second round pick though if they if if they found a team willing to take him on. Because the the problem with Keith isn't isn't the the hit of the contract; it's the term. Like he's signed through 2023. Mm. So right. That's that's a long time. Not be bad. One more time, Brandon. The Flyers might not be a bad spot. Well, for Duncan Keith, I mean, either one. They've got a little more than eight in space. So, uh, yeah, I. Uh, I mean, it's just a matter of like how, like, do they want to actually like go go for it? Do they want to and, and and are they going to take on the full contract? That's the other yeah. side of it. Yeah. Um, and and Seabrook almost seems redundant when you have Racco Gudish on the on the third line already, or third D pairing. Oh yeah, I like, like the I mean, counter can, play for uh, Duncan Keith, like yeah. G- Giordano on the first line, Duncan Keith on the second line. Keith's contract you could take because Cal Grano has four open, uh, four million available. You could take. Good, maybe go half season on Duncan Keith. Have Calgary throw in like a. F- they do have that first round pick in 2019. You could definitely go. Huh, Duncan Keith for Johnny Goudreau. No, I, you could. Oh God, Michael Froelich, bring him back. There, yeah, there's right. your winger. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think the main the main point with Seber, I don't think either player is going to be enough to get you like a. No, you're not. You're going to be trading them to contenders, so you're not going to get like a top four defenseman in return because none of those teams are going to give up those pieces. So you're probably looking at draft picks and maybe another prospect, maybe a good young another forward prospect that projects as a top six guy. If you're trading away Keith, mm-hmm. that might be your best bet. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say probably a you're probably looking at picks and prospects, and I with Duncan Keith. You might get a, you could probably get a pretty good piece for him, but then then you're gonna have another hole in your blue line to fill. Right, and ultimately for Chicago, which I I think if 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 one of those two were to go, well, I take that back. If Keith goes, I think that's your playoff run. It, like that, your window your window is closed for this year. I think if you lose him, if and, and well, not the, get win, any- the, the window's already closed, but. Yeah, I know. The windows to make the playoffs is even closed. No, no, yeah, right, yeah. Make the playoff window. Um, and then uh, your boy, uh, since it's the inaugural uh, episode of the of the mailbag, I had to throw uh, a, a would you rather question in there, and this will uh, this will this will conclude the show, gentlemen. Would you rather have Blackhawks season tickets for one year in the very last row of the three hundred level? And I'll let you pick. Uh, West End. We'll say the West End. That way you get the Hawks shooting twice. Or sit on the glass for three Hawks games for one full season. Brandon, you're first. Do I get to pick the games? 
yes. Oh, I'd probably do the games then. Because I kind of want to see how fast Connor McDavid is and like <laughs> when I'm two feet away from him. And also Yeah, if you get to pick him, then that's like totally different. And you're like, I'm assuming that you have to go to all these games in your scenario. Right? I mean, for for the sake of the conversation, yes. Because otherwise okay. the correct answer is you buy season tickets. Tickets. And try, to, try to flip as much as you can and whatever you end up getting yeah. for them, you put that towards really good seats. That's the correct answer. Oh, I, thought, I like how you're going to like, you sell them and then you get better seats. My thought was you sell them and then you go like, you know, eat food. and buy <laughs> You sell them and then go watch the Bulls. Um, so Brandon, no. Brandon Stegen is uh, his three seats on the glass. Dave, are you, are you a season ticket? I'm actually going to, I'll go like this. Are you sitting at center ice in the 300 level for every game of the Blackhawks season? Or are you sitting on the glass for three games? That you I'm probably, play? I'm probably doing on the glass for three games just because, I, I feel like there's almost a cap but I really like watching games on my couch in my living room. So like I would I think I'd rather watch the three games at Center Ice and then watch the majority of the rest of the schedule on my TV in my own place. I don't know, there's because there's the, the the game day experience in hockey is better than any other live sport. But uh I think True. I'd I think, you know, if it would be different if I lived in the city since I'm out in the suburbs, it's a little more difficult getting there and such. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I would I would take the three games on the glass and then watch the other thirty eight on a nice comfy couch, and hopefully not freezing to death in the middle of winter. I'll uh, for see I uh, I wrote the question, but I, I <laughs> you wrote the question. I think I would, and, and, and part of me again, my my entrepreneurial businessmany side of things is like a uh, three hundred level, and then you can buy and flip tickets. Um, but I three games on the glass. If if I can, so if that changes, if it's like okay, if I can go to a game, sit on the glass by myself, or have four season tickets in the three hundred level, I'm a big experience guy. Uh, so give me the four up in three hundred, so I can bring people and and enjoy it and make a you know make it some kind of a you know, an outing out of it sort of a thing. It'd be a blast. Um, and get to do that for every single game with a bunch of new people. And that'd be cool. Um, compared to me just sitting on the glass for a cool experience. Um, Brad, yeah. Brad's answer makes me regret my answer now. If, but, but I have no regrets, but that, there it is. Um, but if I get the opportunity to sit on the glass, if I get two seats on the glass, even to just one game that I get to pick, I, that I'm doing that. I'm taking my dad. It's not even a question. Uh, bring the guy that brought me into hockey, you know? Yeah. I actually got uh, tickets. I think we were three rows off the ice last year. My mom won a raffle, and she couldn't go, so it was me and my dad went to a game, and we were oh. two rows off the ice. And it was it was Hawks-Flames, and it was the game, like, it was in February, right, as, like, everything was going belly up on the season as they were mm-hmm. falling out of the playoffs. But I think it was, they lost, like, eight or nine in a row in that stretch. Mm-hmm. And so it was – slightly difficult to enjoy it because the Hawks were in the middle of their plummet out of this, the playoff picture, mm-hmm. but still just like being that close to the ice. I hadn't done that in like 15 years. Um, so I, I, it was just, it was amazing. And it, it reminds you of how fast everything happens 
Mm-hmm. Like in, to, from a perspective, you just don't get when you're up high. Oh, it, absolutely! Incredible how fast that game is from down on that level. I, I have no idea how any of them do it. Which, speaking of going to games in the 300 level, hey, segue. We're going to be at the Blackhawks Red Wings game on Sunday. This coming Sunday, what's that? The 10th or is that the 11th? February 10th. February 10th. So this is going to be podcast exclusive. If you're listening to the show and you're going to be at the game and you somehow made it this far in the podcast and you made it this far in the pod without unsubscribing, first of all, you're a saint. Second, we're going to tweet a picture from the site. We'll probably individually put up some stuff too of where we're going to be pregame. If you find us at the game and you mentioned that you heard this, uh, beers are on us. So, and and that was plural. Beers are on us. So come find us at the game. We want to meet you. Uh, mostly, most importantly, we want to uh, give our our thanks and 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 praise for you sticking around for this long of a podcast that's mediocre at best. Um, no, honestly, because we uh, we appreciate uh, everybody and we appreciate our fans more than uh, more than anything. Because without uh, without the fans, there is no SB Nation. Um, so, uh, and there is no second city hockey. So find us if you're at the game, check the Twitter. Uh, we'll see about maybe sneaking something up on Facebook too, um, as to where we're going to be. So find us and, uh, beers are on us. Uh, if you're going to find us, you're probably should be following us on Twitter. That's at second city hockey with the number two, uh, two ND hockey, uh, city hockey rather. Uh, I'm at TCR Brad. That's uh, underscore Dave Melton. There's Brandon M. Kane across the uh, the Twitter airwaves. You should hit us up on the Facebook. Uh, SecondCityHockey.com. We are on Podbean. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Podcasts. Um, so again, check us out on all three spots as well. Um, hey, enjoy the game tonight. Go Hawks. Beat the uh, beat the Oilers. And we will talk to y'all. Uh, We'll talk to y'all on Sunday if you're going to be at the game. Uh, Otherwise, we'll talk to everybody about how that went on uh, uh, the week after. So everybody be safe. Go Hawks. And we'll talk to you next episode. Eli Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot.
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.